Welcome to the Christina Crow podcast. I'm your host, psychotherapist Christina Crow. I love making invisible things visible. And today I'm speaking with Kathy Gaitlin, founder of Improv for Health in Toronto, Ontario. Kathy's an improv instructor who recently reintroduced me to the immense benefits of improv, how it can help get us out of our heads, into our bodies, and actually feel pretty comfortable doing so, which, as many of you know, that isn't always the easiest thing to do. Join us today as we have a really fun conversation and explore the connections between acting, improv, and mental health. Welcome to the Christina Crow Podcast, making the invisible visible. I'm your host, Christina Crow. I'm a psychotherapist and a relentless mental health advocate in Ontario, Canada. I'm bringing you my clinical insights and research-based facts on modern mental health, and I'm going to bring you the experts I rely on to share their wisdom with you. Let's do it, guys. Let's dig a little deeper and make invisible things visible. Kathy Gaitlin is the founder and instructor for Improv for Health. Over the last 22 years, Kathy has taken classes at Second City, Bad Dog Theater, formerly Theater Sports, and most recently at the Kate Ashby Academy. For several years, Kathy was in the improv troupe Born a Swirly and performed throughout the city of Toronto. Kathy's passion is building community as well as strengthening confidence in kids and adults. Kathy currently teaches improv at St. Joseph's Hospital in the inpatient child mental health unit. Teaching at St. Joe's has helped Kathy create a strong online improv curriculum. Welcome to the show, Kathy. Thank you. Thanks so much for agreeing to do this with me. Sometimes, you know, I just email people out of the blue and mm. I'm like, hey, let's book a podcast episode because I think our audience would really love to hear about this. And I appreciate you agreeing to be on because I know you're very busy. Yeah. Yeah, and of course. So I first met you, I think somehow we crossed paths online. And I sure. yeah, I feel like was it through Natasha, maybe Natasha Sandy? It I, it wasn't. And I know yeah. her, and oh. it was I don't think oh, that it interesting. was. Yeah. I mean, but maybe it was through similar feeds, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was so pleased to see her in the group when I showed up yeah. that one day because you offered drop-in classes. You're offering them to like therapists, even in particular, to come see what it was about. I am. Yeah. That's actually really taken off. So I have, yeah, a class that's just specific for therapists. Yeah. That's super cool. Okay. So why don't we start with, yep. I had an idea. I've done some improv classes before mm. in my former career as a salesperson. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and mm -hmm. can you just define, I guess, for the audience, like tell everybody who has no idea what improv is. Yeah. What it is. That's so interesting. You're a therapist now and you used to be in sales. You're like, who I want to be, Christina. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. 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 So improv is, I mean, I always say to people, it's like, I don't know if you've seen whose line is it anyway, yeah. or, you know, second city, but it's basically unscripted theater. So it's unscripted theater. It's games, it's scene work, but I mean, obviously we run it a bit differently in a more therapeutic environment. Mm -hmm. I feel like yeah. unscripted theater could be like the title of my book. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> so the setting that I first learned improv was, yeah, it was a sales training workshop. There was mm -hmm. like an improv troupe that came in 
to mm-hmm. a room like of like I don't know 40 or 50 sales reps mm-hmm. and split us into small groups and gave us a starting assignment mm-hmm. and you know it's a natural skill it's a great training for salespeople mm-hmm. for people I did not know I had ADHD at the time mm-hmm. and I do mm-hmm. now for people with ADHD it's such a natural I think strength to mm-hmm. be able to do improv because, you know, in a way we kind of do it unintentionally. And when you apply the intentionality to it, I think it can really give you a sense of both empowerment and understanding that this actually is a really incredible skill that you can use to support all aspects of your life. And mm-hmm. it's fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. How did you get into it? Yeah. So my mental health background is I have general anxiety disorder with depressive episodes, as well as recently diagnosed with ADHD. Are you surprised? I am not. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, no, I am not. And took a little Vyvanse journey for a little bit, but Mm -hmm. it didn't take. So yeah, no, I'm definitely not surprised. And, you know, a lot of working, especially with an anxiety disorder and really just being a human being, regardless of disorders is getting out of your head and into your body. So I remember the first time I took an improv class and we were allowed to be silly and weird and there was no mistakes. Mm -hmm. And I was just completely intrigued. And my last depressive episode was very challenging. I was not well. And so I actually just promised myself if, you know, if I get out of this episode, I'm going to, I'm going to give back. I'm going to give back to my community. So yeah. So I started uh, volunteering at St. Joe's. I started this company, but I, I keep aside spots for people who can't afford it. Like I really try to make it so that mm-hmm. anybody who wants to join can join. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it's really good space to be yourself. I always say to people, it's like being five and playing or eight. I don't know. I don't, I don't remember how old I was till I stopped playing, but it's like, yeah. you know, when you would do those pretend games as children, it's like, it's like that for adults. Yeah. I was just yeah. thinking of the age. I mean, I feel like I was probably... 10 years old the last Mm. time I was like publicly humiliated for putting myself out there Um, it didn't stop me from putting myself out there but it certainly made me conscious that other people were evaluating me yes before that I never thought at all about what other people were about like that would they would be evaluating me so I think if I've not ever really particularly suffered from social anxiety but anybody who has social anxiety in particular I can't imagine a better place to be for sure right absolutely yeah yeah so part right part of me the the ability to like to think on your feet Mm, in a very present way where you feel safe and taken care of so there's some principles of improv that I think really are really tightly linked to mental health can you share some of those like the yeah of course yeah yeah the first rule is yes and so accept every offer. So if I said, Christina, if I said to you, hey, dad, it's great to see you. You're now my dad. So mm-hmm. obviously gender, age, form, human mm-hmm. forms versus whatever form you want to take. None of this matters in improv, right? Yeah. So it's accepting offers is the yes and. Mm-hmm. The second one is there's no such, such thing as a mistake. So, you know, if you do something where you're like, oh, that was dumb or weird or, or you're perceive it as a mistake, it's not. It's just mm-hmm. something you did. And this now the it's part of the going. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly that's what we that. do in therapy. Yeah. yeah. Like that's the direction like, we're headed. Yeah. There's no mistakes. It's like, yeah. okay, now plot twist. This is where the story mm-hmm. is gone now. So, mm-hmm. so now what? What comes next? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
The third one is no judgment, which obviously ties in pretty heavily with the no mistakes, Mm -hmm. which, you know, can be challenging. I mean, when I work with younger kids, obviously it's not a challenge, you know, seven to nine year olds, that's not a challenge, but past that, I work at a place right now, it's called Pine River Institute Mm -hmm. and it's for kids Mm -hmm. who stay there, who have a mental health diagnosis and, and are just struggling essentially. And when I've, when I've gone there and worked with 13 to 19 year olds, obviously the no judgment thing's really hard, right? That's really hard with that age group. But so that's the, that's the third one, no mistake Uh, and no judgment. Yeah. Is that like the take care of each other? Does that come in with the no judgment? Because there's yeah. even like a take care of your partner rule. Yes. I mean, I would consider that a little bit more advanced, but maybe it should be a beginner rule. Absolutely. Take care of your partner. Like, you know, it's interesting. I, I probably should incorporate that earlier because, you know, some people will sit in a scene and only ask questions, mm-hmm. which puts all the onus on your partner to answer. So you're right. Like, right. Yeah. Well, I, I guess say- to have no judgment. Yeah. Part of that is suspending like judgment in advance of your partner, which throws you in a little bit more, like you have more skin in the game at that point. Right. Exactly. I think it naturally yeah. kind of goes together with no judgment. I agree. But I, I, I think I'm adding a fourth. I love it. I'm not an improv. <laughs> no, but I think that therapy and improv are just, they have so many similarities, you know? Y- yeah. Like taking care mm. of your mental health, surviving yeah. this world. Being mm-hmm. comfortable. So being comfortable with stress tolerance. So being comfortable right. with uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Like, like nothing causes us more grief and angst sometimes than not knowing how something we're really vested in is going to go, not knowing how exactly. our relationship is going to go, how the presentation is yeah. going to go, how yeah. this talk you want to have with someone's going to go. Yeah. And that causes so much like physical mm-hmm. angst and pain, mm-hmm. right? And it's about, yeah. it's about finding safety when you know that no matter how it goes, you're going to be okay, that yeah. those two things can coexist together. That's like a pretty powerful lesson for your nervous system. Mm. And that's actually what you learn in improv. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just think there's so much to be gained. This from- is why I want to be you, Christina, is like, I've looked so often into becoming a therapist. Why aren't you doing it? <laughs> do it. Oh, I, I don't want to go back to school. I don't want to go back to school. I'm just going to do this improv thing. (laughs) I think that what you're doing is very therapeutic and facilitating the groups that you do. Mm. There's for sure a group therapy element there. Mm -hmm. And I, and I think you're achieving probably much of the same ends Mm -hmm. actually, um, which is really, really powerful. And to be able to do the work in groups, right? Like so much, we try to do groups and sometimes it's hard to get them off the ground. Yeah. I'm try and set them up with a horse soon so we mm-hmm. can do backwind group therapy, but I do mostly individual work, right? Yeah. So there is a huge need for group work mm-hmm. because there is, it, it's not only just like taking leadership from you in the group, like even remembering the one that I was in with you was virtual. I've done it both in person and virtually. <laughs> and it, it was the same feeling. Like it was mm-hmm. just so so nice to be mm-hmm. in the group and to know. And I, and I was on pins and needles, like waiting and anticipating, you know, normally mm-hmm. on zoom calls, people are just like, Oh God, I'm distracted. And yeah. I do. yeah. And, you know, I'm checking this and I'm checking that and trying to yeah. pretend like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and this, I was just like, <gasps> like, I was just <laughs> on the edge of my seat. I couldn't wait to see where the story was going to go. Right. Right. Yeah, for sure. 
It was so fun. What do you see from like the kids? Like what do the kids teach you about in both the different settings that you're in? I mean, they teach me so many things, you know, I mean, I'm 50. I grew up in the eighties. I, you know, there wasn't like a a term for mental health, right? I think it's interesting to, you know, I, I mostly work with neurodiverse kids Mm -hmm. and it's interesting to work with these kids because they have so much more awareness around who they are what they're experiencing, you know, have a toolbox, like all the things I didn't have. It's incredible. <laughs> I, it is incredible. They know so, all the right words. <laughs> yeah, they exactly. Yeah. Like, I think that there's that element of it that I think uh, I'm just super impressed with. But I think the other element as well is, you know, I think a lot of kids with mental health issues, you know, it can be quite isolating. And I remember that feeling. I remember myself feeling isolated. I don't want to say not part of the people, but, you know, when you feel so different from other people, it's hard to feel a connection to people, if that makes any sense. It makes total sense. In my life, I've attributed that. So in hindsight, looking back, I didn't know what it was at the time. I've attributed that to the ADHD part. Right. Interesting. kind of feeling little smoke and mirrors, right? Like there was, yeah, I presented to the outside world. And then there was Mm -hmm. like, not super conscious of it, but this subconscious awareness that there was another more, more real me on the inside Mm. that other people didn't really see it. Sometimes like hoping that people couldn't see through me Mm -hmm. too. Right. Cause then they, they they might think, Oh, there's the imposter or whatever at various stages of my development all along the way. But you know, you're in a conversation, you say something and the group doesn't stop and listen to you, or you miss social cues, or you're a little bit right. off, or you tell a joke at the wrong time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Laugh a little yeah. too loud. Yeah. yeah, don't read the room properly. Yeah, oh, yeah, all the things. Reading the room, right? <laughs> that was a skill I learned late in life. Yeah. <laughs> but I finally yeah. did. That's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I still have not learned it, but that's okay. It's part yeah. of my charm. It is. It is part <laughs> of your charm. And I think so this is part of like, it's amazing that everyone knows so much more. Mm. And then there's this place where it can be kind of hard to shake off. Totally. Oh, I'm very thankful. Me. I grew up when I grew up. I am. Yeah. I'm thinking because I just, like, my brand was crazy. I had like my crazy brand, whereas now it's yeah. like, oh, like there's more <laughs> layers to this, you know? So yeah. I'm actually quite thankful that I went through life the way I did. Yeah. Well, yeah. and then not on camera either right not on the internet like yes thank god there's no pictures of right my entire high school and university experience yeah online other people like I often say like kids today they come home from school but it never ends they're 24 7 365 open for scrutiny by their Mm. peers and I can't imagine like we came home from school and well you got on the phone Lucky if you had three-way, you had to Mm. hide like how long you're on the phone for with your friends. And then you get off the phone and then it's over until the next day at school. Like you had a couple of Mm -hmm. hours of peace. Like you had a break. Yeah. And the the kids, there's no break. It's incessant. And I can't imagine what that pressure is like for them. It's awful. I just wanted to come into something you said earlier, because I thought it was so interesting when you said, you know, you almost had two people, like you had the person that you kind of presented to in the outside world. And then there was somebody kind of, you might've been keeping more inside. Right. Yeah. yeah. So for me, I didn't like, I've, I've only had the one person. Right. And I think part of the reason why I struggled is I didn't do a great job of trying to fit in. Mm-hmm. 
So I think in some ways it was great because then I didn't have these conflicting things of like, oh, people don't know who I, you know, maybe who I really am because I was who I really am. But then again, I didn't feel like a part of things. So I think, you know, to your question about kids, when I see the kids that are just totally themselves, you know, some of them have some things that really make them very neurodiverse, right? And they're Mm -hmm. embracing it and just being who they are. But then I'm realizing, yeah, but they're still really struggling with trying to make friends and be part of the larger community of kids. Yeah, it's it's you yeah. know one task of development I guess is figuring mm. out where your place is in the world. Exactly. Yeah. And if there's not role models positively yeah. reinforcing that you're awesome the way you mm. are, you mm-hmm. don't need to change for other people. Right. And I don't get you but I like watching you. <laughs> like yeah. I love- yeah. I love you. I love your magic. Yeah. I love your sparkle. Yeah. You don't need to be like me right. for me to love you. If you're not yeah. getting that message as a young person, yeah. then yeah, that's pretty depressing. It I is. would imagine. Yeah. And then yeah. nothing makes my heart explode more than when I see a kid who's different, but their parents think they're amazing. Yeah. And tell them yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. You see that. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. yeah. So, so good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I could go back and do some stuff all over again, both in my own life and even yeah. even as a parent, knowing what I know now. Mm. It's like we're so this like 24-7 news cycle, I think, makes us so keenly aware that there's like competition in the world and like all the mm. capitalist shit and all that stuff, right? Yeah. And so then you're like, oh my God, I just want my kid to be okay. I gotta set this kid up for success. I gotta make sure this kid has access to whatever they need to bloom, right? Right. And then when your child has their own idea of being in the world. They're their own yeah. person. They they want to ex- explore and bloom at their own rate. What are mm-hmm. parents to do with all that parent anxiety? There's mm-hmm. a lot of parent anxiety. And so people bring their kids to therapy and I'm like, I, your kid's okay. I need to deal with yeah. that. Yeah. That's so interesting. Right? Wow. Yeah. 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 Your kid's fine. They're just not like you. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. And it's, and it's funny Because I think sometimes at some point, the parents and the kids are actually more alike than they thought, but the parent has like forced themselves to turn into a pretzel to fit into the world. Right. Because they had to go through that. They're like, oh, my kid must have to go through this too in order to be successful. No, no, actually there's other ways to do it now. You know, I have a funny story around going to therapy and the person who you think needs therapy didn't need it. Like you just gave the example of you said to the parents, like, no, Mm -hmm. you're the ones who who kind of, who need the therapy because your kid's fine. So before I had my diagnosis, I was in a depressive episode and my husband, and I was super angry at my husband. I had postpartum depression. I blamed everything on him. I'm like, you're the problem here. That's how it goes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You're terrible, blah, blah, blah. And then we went to a psychologist and he tried to do it so nicely. Like he he tried, like, he's like, uh, you know, I think that there might be a bigger issue here, Kathy, you know, if I could just see you alone, because I think there's some issues. And of course, again, not knowing anything about my mental health diagnosis or who I was, I was still very defensive. I was like, oh, and then, so then I added sexist to this guy's like, I'm like, oh, he's sexist. Right. Right. Like just not coming to terms with the fact that maybe there was some stuff that I had to work on. So. I don't, well, I don't know why I don't want to tell you that story. You can well, come you're actually you're bringing up something really important, and I'm glad <laughs> yeah. that you did, which is yeah. this this constant internal battle and cultural battle and societal battle that we are walking this tightrope between acceptance that it's okay to be different, right, 
And then also understanding how we impact other people yes. in relationships, right? So there's this, like, if you are like yeah. J.D. Salinger, you want to go live in yeah. a cabin in the woods yeah. and not really care about your relationships, like, have at it. Go do what you want to do. Yeah. But like, you're allowed to be you, but when you then engage in relationships, it's like understanding yeah. you impact other people. Exactly. And so you can be you, but we have to do it in collaboration with all the people we're Absolutely. in relationship with, right? Like when I think of before, I mean, I'm on medication now, but before I was on my mood stabilizer, I think of how much I used to be up and how much I used to be down. Yeah. And people say, do you miss that? I'm like, yeah, of course I miss that. Of course I miss the ups. Who's not going to miss ups, like big yeah. ups. Yeah. But honestly, was I able to actually function in relationships in humanity? Like, yeah. 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 So to your point, yeah. Do I miss who I was? Yeah. Pre-meds. I do. But was I functioning well with my connections with others? And the answer is no, not yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like, you know, stuff we have to pick and choose. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. No, it's a, I appreciate you sharing that. And thank you. Cause I think there's yeah. a lot of people listening that would, that will identify with that and appreciate yeah. hearing that. Right. Yeah. People and are like, that, do you miss crazy Kathy? I'm like, yeah, I do. I don't think my husband does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think my best friend does who's known me since I was 13, mm -hmm. but I miss her sometimes. She was so crazy. Like, like, just, can you quantify that or qualify that a little bit more? Like crazy, like just guard like, down, like no inhibitions, yeah. able to just have fun and let go. I mean, I still do stuff like we were in Mexico recently and there were, we were in the Cenota, which mm -hmm. is like this underground cave water. Cool. And they had this thing where you could just jump in from this very high area. And the guy's like, well, why don't you go in the water first to just kind of check it out? And I was like, no, no, no. I'm just going to jump off the thing. Mm -hmm. right and 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 I jumped in and the kids were like oh god here goes mom and like before that would have been like me just all the time like always saying yes even if it wasn't necessarily safe like that was a bad example because that's post-meds but you know like, like I'm like I would say you know I didn't think things through to the end and that's probably a lot to do with ADHD too right like I uh, think yeah all my things are tied right yeah. like I don't pre-think like my husband's very methodical he's an engineer You'll oh, think boy. of step four or five, whereas I'm like, I I'm still on step one and this is mm -hmm. awesome. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think, you know, I think a lot of the time, you know, like I decided I was fired for my second job because mm -hmm. uh, I spoke back to someone who, who was fired three months later, but obviously shouldn't have spoken back in front of a whole bunch of other people. Yep. Like, just like you're terrible at your job. Like just I would talk like that all the time, right? Even if it's true, we're not always- Even if it's true, not, again, <laughs> reading the room, right? Right. I got fired. I was devastated. I sat and cried for a month and watched Oprah every day. And then I decided mm -hmm. it went five days, I'm moving to Ireland. And I picked up and moved to Ireland for two years. So, wow. you know, I used to just kind of do that stuff. You might have the yeah. wanderlust gene. Oh, for sure. But I mean, like that would have been kind of my norm then is just us- do yeah. we we do mellow as we get older we do so there's this like adhd before you know it adhd mm. when you know it but you're not on the medication journey part yet or right the coaching part right. and then there's adhd after you've had the opportunity to yes. like, learn about it and yeah. have some experience and that unpacking part like that reckoning that acceptance yeah. part's like that's like a two to three year journey like that's not yeah. like about my diagnosis yeah, yeah. And i know what i'm doing and it keeps unfolding but if that, if you're late diagnosed, that's happening in later decades of your life yes. when you're kind of mellowing anyway. That's a good the, point. The one symptom 
that we know from research lingers is inattentiveness. Mm. And so, you know, you forget your keys or, you know, 87 trips back into the house in the morning because you forget. Have you seen like the TikToks of a little duck flopping back? Yeah, yeah, totally. That's me in the morning for sure. Now I've, I figured it out when I started observing myself, but the inattentiveness piece is a symptom that we kind of, that one is the one that plays almost the most havoc in our relationships. Like we tend to think it's impulsivity because yeah, we, we blow off our mouth or we get irritable or you know, that kind of temper piece can get in, but the inattentive piece where it's just like, we have to be able to pay attention to our relationships to keep them healthy. Like the basic ingredient for a healthy relationship is the ability to sustain attention to it. Yeah. And then it's hard to sustain attention to things when you have ADHD neurologically. And then when the novelty has gone. Yeah. So to continuously inject yeah. novelty into a long-term relationship, whether it's with yeah. your kid or your romantic partner or your friends or your job or your yeah. job, yeah. yeah. like talk about needing fast paced, changing jobs that offer mm. new stuff all the time. Yeah. Right? If you've got ADHD and you're listening and you're in a job that offers that, that's great. But if yeah. you're not in a job that offers that, that might be part of what is going on. <laughs> If there's something, it's true. I mean, I have a job that offers that I've been in the same job for 20 years. So yeah, Mm -hmm. but it's changing all the time. So that's good. But yeah. And you got stuff on the side. And I got stuff on the side. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Running like another company on. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's some diagnostic breadcrumbs right there. (laughs) (laughs) Diagnostic breadcrumbs. Maybe that's the title of my autobiography. Oh my God, that was a that is a really good one. Right, that could yeah. be our next. Yeah, that could <laughs> be our next T-shirt breadcrumbs. too. Diagnostic breadcrumbs. Yeah, and yeah. every chapter could be in different breadcrumb. Yeah, you guys exactly. heard it here first. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sometimes couples therapy unintentionally makes things worse, especially if the couples therapist isn't aware that ADHD might be at play, or if they are aware of what to do about it. DIY ADHD Couples is a comprehensive online training for couples therapists. Participants will come away with a renewed confidence in identifying a truly solvable problem. Under-recognized, under-diagnosed, and under-treated adult ADHD is a significant unmet need within couple and family therapy offices today. With over a combined decade and hundreds of clients between them, John Folks and Christina Crow have put together a course that pulls together the best of the current science, experiential couples modalities, and the adaptions that really work for neurodivergent couples. Save 15% when you use the code PEBBLE at checkout. Follow the link in the show notes to check it out. Working with the teenagers. Yeah. What do you like about working with teenagers? Yeah, so um, I love it. I love it. I love, so my favorite groups are the teenagers. I, hopefully my other classes aren't listening to this. <laughs> my favorite, cause I, I, yeah, I teach about six hours a week, but um, my favorite group are the teenagers that I work with up North that live there. Uh, it's just an amazing community, like the, what they've mm-hmm. created up there and, um, and the therapists, because there's a, there's a darkness to you guys, man. Like I, think you I was gonna, just... I was just gonna say without disclosing anything, I guess you can't or shouldn't. So I'll, no, I'll give I can't. You like a I'm moment not, I mean, there. I can say generalizations, right? Yeah. Like, is there anything think... weird about the therapist? Yeah, the weird about the therapist is 
I think you guys spend all day being like professional, like I've never had to be right. Mm -hmm. Like there's a professionalism, obviously you have to, you, you're not, you know, there's might be aspects of your patients that you don't necessarily, you know, talk about, or, you know, like you might have your own personal feelings around it. Like there's so many things that you guys are dealing with, right? Like you might have your own traumas that might be triggered in, in a session. Like you have so many layers that I don't have as a sales rep, right? Like so many different layers that I think like my therapist, their favorite game to play is bad therapist. Oh yeah. Yeah. Where they do all the things you're not supposed to do in a therapy session. They complain about themselves. There's no boundaries. They're that way too must direct be the with their funniest thing. Oh yeah. They're I really want to come to that one. Clients. Yeah. 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 So I really enjoy therapists. And there is like a darkness to I, I want to say like a little bit of gallows humor with anybody who's a healthcare practitioner who works, mm -hmm. you know, especially it, with people with challenging diagnoses, right? So it doesn't surprise me. I mean, yeah. we have to laugh. I think yeah. I laugh with my clients for sure every day. Yeah. And I would love to say every session, but you know, of course mm -hmm. there's some sessions we don't laugh, but it really is important to bring yeah. levity sometimes yeah. to absolutely the nonsense of life. Like life is, there is a lot of suffering yeah. in this yeah. constant attempt to distance ourselves from it, detach from it, make sense yeah. of it, bear yeah. witness to it. Not exactly. Run, not fight, like just be there. Yeah. But laughing becomes almost like a obvious human response. Absolutely. Yeah. So I really like that. I really like that. And obviously therapists are just nice freaking people, right? Like I, I'm assuming so. there's an asshole <laughs> therapist, but I haven't met them yet. So yeah. they're probably not yeah. coming to improv. Those guys. Yeah, they're not coming to improv. Yeah. <laughs> so why do I like the teenagers? Well, you know, these guys are in a very awkward time of their lives right mm -hmm. so i mean i can't think of any worse a time frame than from 13 mm -hmm. to 17 for me 18 yeah. 19 yeah i just love working with them last week i had a group that were definitely not engaged they did not want to do it and i always bring stickers because mm -hmm. i'm allowed to bring food so i bring stickers mm -hmm. and i thought oh these guys are not going to be into this and then they were so and then they were like this is stupid why would you bring stickers and then i brought the stickers out and they got so excited about the stickers. Yeah. And then we started doing improv games and, and they started to kind of turn in a good way. And, you know, that's, that's pretty awesome, right? Like, that's pretty awesome to have people be like, oh, this is maybe a little fun, you know? Yeah. Like almost as a rule as a teenager, you need to like say the thing we're doing is stupid off the bat. Yeah. Right. You got to yeah. say shit. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So it's like, you can't yeah. even pay attention to that. If you're a teacher, an instructor, a therapist trying to engage you. No. You're like, we, no, we accept that. That's the baseline. Yeah. yeah that's and the then, baseline. I love that. Yeah. And, then, yeah. and then going from that to having a kid experience the benefit of participating themselves yeah. is really cool. I agree. Right? And that yeah. the feeling of that safety in the group mm -hmm. is like a pretty priceless thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You get to be silly. Yeah. Be creative. I think creativity mm -hmm. is so important for all brains. And, and I don't mm -hmm. mean like, you know, you've got to draw or paint or play the piano. Right. I mean, right. I mean, coming up with a new thought or a new way of doing something is mm -hmm. creative. Like marketing is creative. Advertising is creative. Like any building something is creative. Like yeah. the, stuff that, the stuff that engineers do, like I've got a kid who's got an engineer's brain. Mm -hmm. I, the stuff he can think of and come up with blows me away. Yeah. My brain does not work that way. Yeah. Or at least not, yeah. not in the same direction as his. And I'm just constantly amazed by. Yeah. What it's cool. 
I don't get it. Super cool. I don't get it at all, but it's cool. I like watching it. And I can't wait to see what he does with it. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. As far as ADHD goes, there's all the the annoying things that come with ADHD too, (laughs) but it's part of the package. Part of the package. Oh, it's- Again, it's great that I got a late diagnosis because like part of me was like, do I even need to go get tested? Because I know I have it mm-hmm. and I'm probably not going to medicate myself for it. So why, which I actually ended up doing, but mm-hmm. you know, why bother? Because mm-hmm. I already have my processes in place, you know? So have you found the answer to that question? Because I can answer it, but I wanted to know <laughs> <what> you think. <laughs> I mean, part of me doesn't like these labels for obvious reasons, right? It's like then yeah. people have these preconceived notions of who you are and what you yeah. do. And then I would never want to use it as an excuse. Oh, yeah. I can't do, like I just use it as an excuse. Oh, I'm not going to go to school because I have ADHD, right? But I yeah, tell that, me why. Tell me why it's good. Not really what you said. Yeah. Well, I kind of felt it. Maybe I didn't say yeah, it. You didn't say that part out loud. Yeah. So that's yeah. interesting. Oh, interesting. You can notice yeah. that in yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so when you first started saying that, I thought of my kid. And I consider us lucky that we kind of figured it out when he was eight or nine years old, which is kind of when you want to figure it out Mm -hmm. for kids because of the protective mechanism. So being treated doesn't limit his creativity in any way, but it allows his talents and his skills to be free. So the mm-hmm. idea is like, it, it, it's about getting rid of the stuff that is differentiating between a symptom and personality trait, first of all, right. they're different things. Yeah. And then getting rid of the stuff that will be problematic. So for a teenage boy, you know, dopamine seeking behavior as an involuntary biological mm-hmm. craving is what propels kids towards substance use, for example. Mm-hmm. And it's much more pronounced in kids with untreated ADHD. So treating him as protective against all mm-hmm. of those things. And now that it's been like eight, nine years of this, we can really see the difference between wow. kids, kids who are his age who weren't treated. Maybe because that's interesting. afraid of the label or what have you, they yeah. investigate it and, and him, and he's not a risk taker. And I wonder that's the only thing I wonder if he would have been more of a risk taker, you know, like we went parasailing on a recent vacation, like my 75 year old mother and me and everybody, yeah. like, yep, have at it. We're going to go fly through the yeah. air. And we don't I even love know, it. Is, do they have licenses? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a piece of paper. Here's my credit card. Yeah. It was amazing. And then he was the one that he's like, um, I'll stay back here and take pictures and like right. watch the chairs guys. Like, yeah. He's not a risk taker. And yeah. so I'm like, is that, is that cause the risk taking piece? Is that's interesting he's safe <laughs> yeah so that that's kind of one interesting thing that i observe but the other thing is he for sure has felt probably demoralized maybe in a social sense at times but never academically right because we've always been able to figure out how his brain works advocate for mm-hmm. him help him stay focused in the things he's actually already good at and not pay too much attention to the things that are not his thing right Right. And so he has no doubts about how far he's going to go academically. And that's not that's great. It's not like my husband and I ever were. Right. You know, it, so I think that's actually a unique benefit of mm. having picked that, picked this up early and focused on this like strength lens of, we don't need to spend a lot of time. And this applies to anybody like in business as well. And even in a sales career, right? Like if you're not spending 80% of your time on the things that you're good at, yeah. We're spinning our wheels, right? Yeah, exactly. The other 20% of stuff that you have to pay attention to, but that you're not good at, it's like, for me, it's like hire an accountant, outsource yeah. it, delegate it, automate it so that I'm mm-hmm. not wasting precious brain energy trying to get good at exactly. things I was never exactly, I wasn't yeah. put on this planet to do. Mm-hmm. Right? I agree. 
So I think those are kind of like the upsides of knowing, mm-hmm. just like understanding for me, yeah. understanding my brain better. That helps me tell other people that the word boundaries freaks people out sometimes, but it's mm-hmm. kind of like, here's what works for me. If you say it this right. way, I'll understand it or you'll soften me right up. If you say it that way, I'm going to turtle in and not come out. Yeah, that's it. interesting. Right? I think I think for me, before I got my diagnoses, mm-hmm. I think that like, I thought, I know this is going to sound weird, but I thought I'm the normal one. I'm the normal one. Mm. And everybody else just doesn't understand that. I mean, I think I felt like that before too. Yeah. And then as I get older, I'm like, oh, I am different. I am different. Like there is a differentness to me. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, part of me misses that. Obviously that was a defense mechanism. I did all kinds of unhealthy things then. Like overall, it wasn't great. But, you know, sometimes I miss that. So I took a 12 week anxiety course at KMH Mm -hmm. where you actually sit with 11 other people with an anxiety disorder. And that's the first time it really clicked that I have like a full on disorder. (laughs) Because at first I was like, wow, these people are crazy. And then I was like, what? I've had this exact same thought. Like everything they were talking about. Yeah. But I also didn't like, I've never really, like my husband's very not neurodiverse, you know, like I, I would say, generally speaking, I've been attracted to friendships and relationships where the people were calm, detail oriented, not freaking out about stuff, like all the things I wasn't. Yeah. So I think, yeah. So I think that you know, when I sat in that class, it really hit me. Oh, I'm different. Mm-hmm. So I miss, I miss not thinking that I miss thinking that everybody else was crazy. Not me. Like, it's like my whole world view changed then. Yeah. Or maybe like, maybe including ourselves and everyone's, no one's actually crazy. We're all well, absolutely different yeah, yeah, yeah. trying to yeah. get along. I know what you mean yeah. though, right? Yeah. I think it's like that piece of, we understood ourselves and couldn't understand why other people did what they did. So, right. So I always felt like I belonged to me. Mm. And then it was like, where do I fit in in the world? Where do I belong in the world? And then so for me, whenever I gravitated towards like my lifelong friends are probably, well, I think, you know, late in life, we're all kind of discovering we're all neurodivergent mm-hmm. in some way or another. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, almost everyone around me and everyone I work with is, and, and it, that's yeah. not by design. It just happened. Yeah. yeah and yeah, we yeah, all yeah. figured it out later and we all present very differently. Yeah. And so it's really been interesting. There is scientific research. There's a recent study about couples in ADHD called birds of a feather flock together in uh, the journal of attention studies, if anybody wants to look that up, but it is about how couples like there's preferential mating. So you will go find somebody that has your neurotype and marry them and procreate with them. So whether it's ADHD or whether it's like your flavor of depression or anxiety or anything like that, it is really interesting how all of that comes together. And then we have these complex family histories. Yeah. If anyone's listening, thinking they're alone, and then just think about your family. You're not alone. <laughs> yeah. And people who are struggling to figure out where they belong in the world and what their strengths are and what their gifts are. And it's just really nice to be in a place where you feel like you can be yourself and that that's okay. Yeah. That self-acceptance, but that being with other people who just get you. Mm-hmm. I always say like, have have you ever had a friend that like, it's been five years since you've spoken, but if you talk to them, it's like no time has passed. Yeah. I hadn't talked to someone in 20 years and I went to visit them in Ireland and it's like, we had never been apart. I mean, there's no scientific data for this, but I, my hypothesis is those are like two neurodivergent brains Yeah, with the time blindness piece. Like there's, we're not, we don't process time in the same way. 
Interesting. So that's why if you have a friend that's not calling you and you're feeling hurt because you're feeling unseen, like, why aren't they calling me? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not important to them. If you have ADHD, they probably, they, there's a strong chance they might, again, there's no yeah. data to support. This is just my observation. years. <laughs> Call them because it's an out of sight, out of mind. Oh yeah, they don't love totally. Less, they're just. I totally agree with that. Whatever is happening in their life right now. So, what else do we want to say about improv and mental health? I mean, I can't. I'm. I'm going to share. You know, your classes and your information in the show notes mm-hmm. for people to sign up. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's any like observations over the years that you've been running this. That yeah, know, I think historically when I went to improv classes you know, I'm very outgoing. I'm, I'm very extroverted. So I'm kind of what you think of as your typical improviser. Mm-hmm. And I think what's interesting about doing improvisation in the context of mental health mm-hmm. is those aren't necessarily the people that get the most or the most interesting to watch. Like, so they're not the me's, mm. the super extroverted, loud, right? I got something to say people, but I think a lot of the time it's kind of like the quieter people maybe have some element of social anxiety that just have an insight. You know, when you talk a lot, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have the most interesting or educated opinions or thoughts. Mm -hmm. And I think that improv is such a good indication of that Mm -hmm. because when I let, because I have a lot of people in my improv that are not extroverted, like a lot of introverts that join the class, a lot of People would say, like, I'm not an actor, you know, like those people wouldn't identify this way, who really take the scenes to really interesting and different places Mm -hmm. in a way, because I really try to make a space where everyone gets to talk. And I really try to encourage people who aren't as much talkers to be more talking, if that may Mm -hmm. to be born talking. But you know what I'm saying, right? Like, yeah. And I think that that is really special. Like I always say to people, we're not here to be funny. Like we're not here to be audience ready. Like that's, if that's why you signed up for this, like Mm -hmm. I'll give you your money back, you know, like. It's not performative. It's not performative. Like uh, you can have a second city and they will absolutely teach you that. Right. And, but if you want to come to something where you feel part of a community and you could be silly and weird, and sometimes the scenes might be funny, but sometimes they might get dark. Maybe they'll just be sad. Maybe they'll just be an ordinary day that we just enjoy watching, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe it'll just be plain weird. I don't know, but we're going to take this journey together, you know? And I think that I've met some really neat people that I will hope I give more of a voice to. Yeah. I love that. I think that's mm-hmm. really, really cool. You mm-hmm. mentioned earlier, like when you had the, your therapist group, like you'll do the theme of like, be the yeah. purpose. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I, okay, I'm totally, I need to come to that because I'll- Yeah, be, yeah. Um, but <laughs> is that how you set it up? Like, I want to say therapeutically, like, do you have themes that yeah. you'll work on with different groups of people? So because of my ADHD, things? I have a theme every week and then about half the time I forget to tell the theme and then it'll be like halfway into the thing and I'll be like, oh guys, I got a theme. <laughs> Amazing. So yes, every week I have a theme. I'd say maybe 50% of the time I managed to share that theme. Um, but yes, it is absolutely themed. I very much get feedback at the end of it. And everybody's very honest, like, oh, I like this game. This was interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't want to play that one again. Could we play more games that are like X, Y, Z? So it's very kind of interactive. I was away last week. I was in Mexico and mm-hmm. they actually just joined together and just chatted for two hours and played like this game of getting to know you better, which I loved. I loved that they did that without me. So yeah, what um, a community you've developed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So incredible. 
Yeah, so I do do themes, but I'm not great at carrying through on it for obvious reasons. <laughs> but like as per improv, it sounds yeah. like you're allowing the organic yeah creativity absolutely of the group to kind of yeah. bloom and take over which is absolutely really cool. like there's no set structure like whenever you come if you ever drop in it'll be like yeah. oh this week we're oh, we're gonna start with bad therapists mm -hmm. yeah I mean you know when when I came I didn't know what to expect and and I I thought it was definitely structured for sure structured yeah. enough that like you yeah. let everyone through whatever yeah. exercises you know you had planned for that week I I knew what to yeah. expect yeah you know, every time it came to my turn. Yeah, no, for sure. But I, I try to, I try to take feedback back and, and change it for the following week. Like mm -hmm. I'm thinking of one person who's been with me for a long time and she's, she doesn't like warm up. She always wants to just do long scenes. Yeah. And obviously I have new people coming in all the time, so that's not right. realistic. So we're always joking about how she wants to just do the scene work. Yeah. And we have to incorporate in just people getting comfortable in the environment right because it is right. still different right yeah you don't separate like a beginner class I do not or an intermediate no. class because no. it's nice for the beginners to see how that really experience absolutely yeah right yeah exactly yeah should we like should we do it so people can yeah I think we should learn? totally do it I mean it's hard with two but yeah I know. let's do that's it that's what I was yeah. wondering I didn't know if we could do yeah. it with two yeah but... yeah 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 so we can't do a lot of the work that I do but absolutely yeah. we could do word at a time story okay so word at a time story is I'll get a suggestion from the audience which will be me or you okay. <laughs> and uh too bad we weren't live and somebody could chat in and then we just tell the story one word at a time Got it. Okay. okay. Give me your favorite place to be, Christina. The lake. Nice. All right. This is a story about the lake. Okay. The lake is beautiful because it's struggling because I dropped a engine into the lake. And suddenly the engine exploded into the cottage yesterday and my dog threw up on the couch. Nice. That was beautiful. <laughs> I've got the cottage on the brain. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's actually so hard it's, only saying one word, but that could be because I have ADHD. It's hard saying one word. It's hard to only do it with two people because usually you have more people. And right. yeah, 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 it can but, get crazy. Yeah, yeah, it can get crazy. The reason why I like that game, word at a time, is that you have an idea in your head of where you want the story to go. Yeah, and you can't go there because you don't know the next word. So it forces you to be in the moment and and to and, wait. Yeah, and it's like a Absolutely. good exercise in teaching consent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait and see what the other person is saying. Absolutely. So, so another game I like to play is, and we can play it uh, just one round, is mm -hmm. I got you a present. Okay. So I'm going to pretend hand you a present. You'll pretend to open it. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to say the first thing in your head and why you like it. Okay. So I'll go first. You can give me a present. Okay. Here, Kathy. Oh, oh thank you. Present. Thank you very much. Christina just handed me this beautiful package I'm opening. Mm -hmm. Oh, Christina, thank you for the laptop 
tablet pen. This is so thoughtful. I've wanted to do use this for my art classes that I hope I might take someday. So thank you for that. Now I'm going to put this away. Yeah. Christina, I got you a present. Thank you. You're welcome. This is, that's like a, this is like a thin, narrow package and it's kind of cold. What is this? You know, <laughs> like the wrapping out of the bag here and look inside. <gasps> you got me my favorite food. It's a pack of my favorite low sodium bacon. <laughs> low sodium. Boring. No, I'm kidding, low I'm sodium kidding. bacon now. You can't mess around anymore. You can't mess around with the salt, man. And why do you like that? Um, it's like I feel like it's like my last vice. Like as I'm getting oh. older, yeah. I have to like start getting serious about like I know. eating better. Yeah. And I'm hanging on to bacon. It's so bad for you. It's it. so bad for me. But I, I know I gave up sugar a long time ago. I still have like sugar now and stuff, but it's like yeah. I really don't do anything that right. bad for me. Just bacon. Right. So at least I there go, sodium, but it's like my weekend treat. I love it. I'm hanging on to the bacon. That's good. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. I like it. I'm having this memory come up of when our kids were little. We used to play whose line is it anyway at the dinner table. Really? Yeah. That's so cool. It must have been after that workshop that, yeah. that I was in. I think I gleaned so much from it. I was like, oh, we have to yeah. teach the family. Oh, that's that. awesome. And so we did. We did for a while play whose line is it anyway. And it was it was kind of fun. It was, you know, it was only limited by the imagination of eight and nine and eleven year olds at the time. <laughs> so it would kind of it would kind of die off, but yeah. it was fun. That sounds fun. My children will have nothing to do with improv. <laughs> really? Yeah. I remember when I first started classes, obviously I was just teaching to friends until I picked up like referrals and, you know, got my business going. Yeah. And my son was on Zoom, but he basically just sat like this, like. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Just half his face showing in it and didn't participate at all. How old and was my, he? Were there already teenagers at this point? Like 12. And my daughter would have been 10. Yeah. Mm. And my daughter was not really into it. I mean, obviously part of it is their mom does this. So, you know, that's not cool. There's definitely still that definitely element not to cool. it. Yeah. 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 It's definitely not cool if mom thinks it's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. I'm definitely going to share all of your class information in awesome. the notes. This will come out in a couple of weeks. I think mm, I'm, great. I'm super excited I think to come back and, and, you know, if, if you're a therapist listening and you're curious about um, dropping in and checking out the classes, I really encourage you to do that, especially if you work a lot with anxiety and clients with anxiety and social anxiety, it is such a wonderful experiential way to feel comfortable in your own skin, maybe for the first time with a bunch of strangers. And that's a really powerful experience. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I always tell people to come check it out. Come check. I don't charge just see if you like it. Yeah. Thank you so much. No I really appreciate your time today. Yeah, of and, course. Uh, we'll be in touch. Awesome. Sounds great. Thanks, Kathy. Thank you. That is all for today, my friends. We hope you enjoyed being a fly on the wall for this awesome discussion. Check out the show notes on the episode page for all the relevant links we discussed today. You can submit a voice memo for future episodes if you want. Leave me a message there and let me know what you thought. If you like the show, please take a screenshot, share it on your social medias, tag me at Dig a Little Deeper Therapy, so we know we should keep doing this and that you like what we're putting out for you. Until then, see you next time.